2: Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Major League Baseball executives are ecstatic because it looks like we're going to get a New York and L.A. World Series. One of the rarities, although people want it all the time, two biggest cities in America, two biggest ideas of, uh, of, uh, of maybe the way the world should be, New York versus L.A., East Coast versus West Coast. The Yankees now up 3-2 on the Houston Astros, and even though they couldn't close it out last night, the Dodgers up 3-1 and headed back here to Los Angeles with a chance to stamp their ticket to the World Series, and we'll see what can transpire from there. First trip it would be for the Dodgers since 1988. Cubs, meanwhile, I mean, it's not like there's bad options because you had the four biggest markets to begin with in Major League Baseball all going at it. You had New York against Houston, and obviously Chicago against L.A. So either way, you were going to end up uh, in pretty good shape. And actually, there's one more game in Chicago before they come back for uh, for LA to see whether or not the Dodgers need to close it out at home and I'm curious is there any nervousness in Los Angeles we go to Dodgers expert Danny G for the update there
0: no nothing yet uh, I mean the Dodgers had their fourth starter going in Alex Wood and they had a, a couple of a few bench players in the lineup so it was the the weakest lineup that they've thrown out there so far. Uh, with uh, Granderson Grandall and Utley um you know I, was, I would say it was a C performance by the Dodgers last night yet they still were in the game until the very end Cubs barely holding on for the three to two win and uh, the the Chicago closer Wade Davis he he was put in for a six out save Clay and that was because the Cubs trust nobody in their uh in their bullpen none of their setup guys are worthy right now justin turner came in immediately knocked a home run out of the park and uh, they made davis throw 48 pitches he walked some guys so the cubs were fortunate to get out of there with that w
4: there's no doubt at all we'll see what ends up happening obviously we've also got the return of the nfl we're already into nfl week seven it always kind of sneaks up on us and it's a pretty big game i mean the chiefs against the raiders i i I think it's probably still maybe a little bit early, but I'm not even it's I think it's almost must win for the for the Raiders. If the Raiders lose this game to fall to two and five in the AFC West, I, I think it's almost too late. I mean are, did, at that point when you look at the NFC uh, I mean sorry the AFC West right now, you've got Kansas City who's five and one. If Kansas City wins this game to go to six and one. And they knock Oakland all the way to two and five. Do you really feel like you're going to make up all that difference? You'd be four games back with four games back with nine games to go. And I know it's still there's still nine games to go, but effectively, you would have to almost win out if you're Oakland to win your division. And you feel like you probably need to get at least a 10 to feel very good about getting the wild card. So if you start two and five. That means you have to finish 8-1. and one. Basically, you have one more game you can lose the rest of the way to feel like you have a chance to, win the, uh, to, to get in as a wild card in the AFC. Now, who knows what the number is actually going to end up being. But to me, this is a must-win game tonight if you are a Raiders fan. And it's unbelievable that we would be in this situation as the Raiders try to avoid their fifth straight loss that after they started 2-0 and and looked as good as they did in those first two weeks, that we would now be in the position of saying, you know what, I have no idea what's going to happen from here, but it seems to me that they absolutely positively have to win. Uh, speaking of the NFL, I am going to play for you maybe the dumbest analogy I have ever heard an NFL player or any athlete ever make before in the history of, Modern sports. Michael Bennett, the guy who lied about the police in Las Vegas racially profiling him, is continuing to say that he is not going to stand for the national anthem. And guys, let me know when you've got this audio ready to play because he was talking to the media yesterday and I heard this and I could not believe what in the world he had actually said. But Michael Bennett, we've talked a little bit about this. Because it continues to happen. Michael Bennett compared himself to Dred Scott, a 19th century slave who is part of a famous Supreme Court decision in 1857. And Michael Bennett is on the salary cap roster of the Seattle Seahawks as making, I believe it's $14.5 million this year. That's what he's counting as uh, as the overall roster. He's making I mean maybe fifteen point four million. Let me pull up the uh, let me pull up the stats here. It's one of the most unbelievable comments that I have ever seen, and I, I'm just kind of in disbelief over this entire process. Michael Bennett is on the on the roster salary cap this year, making fifteen point four five million dollars. Michael Bennett defensive end. Seattle Seahawks on the roster as making 15.45 million dollars. And he has compared himself to Dred Scott, a 19th century slave who sued for his own freedom and ended up losing the case in 1857 and that case helped to cause the Civil War. Basically Dred Scott was a slave who was taken into uh by his master who was taking taken into free territory a free state where slavery was not allowed and he argued that therefore he should be a free man and the supreme court said no he was still a slave that was in 1857 michael bennett has compared himself to dred scott now this has somehow become a trend and let me just tell you off the top here you cannot compare anything in modern life to slavery I don't know whether your average athlete is so dumb that he doesn't understand what being an employee is like. But when you are an employee, your boss tells you to do something. And in exchange for money, you do it. If you choose not to do it, you have that right. And then your boss can fire you. Every single person who is in his or her car this morning Going into work has a decision to make this morning. It was, should I get out of bed? Should I go to work? And when I go to work, am I going to do what my boss says to do? If the answer is, no, I'm not going to get out of bed, that's your choice. If the answer is, no, I'm not going to go to work, that's your choice. If your decision is, no, I'm not going to do what my boss told me to do, that's your choice too. But guess what? Your boss can fire you. And as a result, you can go find a new job and you can try to sell your labor to someone else. Selling your labor, by definition, is not slavery because you have the choice whether or not to do that job. Period. Last week, I believe it was, we had Michael Wilbon on PTI comparing Jerry Jones to a slave master and comparing NFL players to slaves. And I guarantee you, I was the only person in media anywhere in the country who ripped Michael Wilbon for that analogy. We have had other prominent athletes compare themselves to slaves. This is not a similar situation. You are paid, Michael Bennett, $15.45 million this year. If that is slavery, sign me up right now. I will be very happy to be a slave for $15.45 million dollars. I don't believe that Dred Scott had a choice to make about his employment when he was a slave. And I don't think that he was paid a lucrative salary. And I don't think that he had a collective bargaining agreement. And I don't think that he could strike. And I don't think that he had a multi-million dollar home and a fancy car. Michael Bennett, you, my friend, are an idiot. Do we have that audio ready to go, guys? Let's play it for you here. This is Michael Bennett yesterday at the Seattle Seahawks media availability. By the way, I also want to say this. The entire city of Seattle, all the media there, not one person has the balls to actually ask Michael Bennett about lying to the Las Vegas police yet. Not one person has done that. Not even when he stood up and compared himself to Dred Scott did anybody say, hey, Michael Bennett, you ever think that maybe since you're making fifteen point four five million dollars a year, you shouldn't compare yourself to a nineteenth century slave? The city of Los A uh, sorry, the city of Seattle is filled with loser wimps who are afraid to stand up to this idiot football player. Listen to Michael Bennett compare himself to a slave.
0: For what did you plan to continue sitting for the? Afternoon? I plan to sitting
5: down in general. So, um, like I said. I continue to do what I've been doing, and uh, the consequences, it—consequences, I guess, of teams don't want guys to play, I think, I mean, even when you think about what Jerry Jones said, I think is it's crazy, and I just think it's, I think it's inconsiderate of, of a person being a human being, I think, um, to me, like I was telling Greg the other day, I just thought it was like, the, remind me of the Dred Scott case. you know, you're, you're a property, so you don't have the ability to be a person first, and I think that in this generation, I think that sends the wrong message to young kids and young people all across the world that your employer doesn't see you as a human being, they sees you as a piece of property, and if that's the case, then, then I don't get it. I just don't get why you don't see him as a human being, they don't see us a, as human beings first. Your employer doesn't want you to hurt his
4: employee, his business? I mean, are people this stupid? Michael Bennett? compared Jerry Jones wanting his players to stand for the national anthem to Dred Scott being a slave how in the like how in the world am I the only person in media that you're gonna hear talk about this today how in the world is anybody supposed to take any opinion Michael Bennett has Michael Bennett you know the guy who lied about the minority police officers in Las Vegas racially profiling him and didn't get called on it, stands up in front of the Seattle media and says that he's basically Dred Scott, 19th century slave. Is there a single person in all 50 states right now listening to us who can defend the idiocy of Michael Bennett's statements? Is there a single person who can defend the weakness of the Seattle media? Is there a single person who can defend the rest of the national media? People say, oh, players need to have voices. Well, we got a player here with a voice, and it's a dumb voice, and he deserves to be ridiculed for it. 877-996-6369. Do I need to set up the Underground Railroad for Michael Bennett? Since he's a slave making $15.45 million, do we need to set up an Underground Railroad so we can rescue Michael Bennett from the Seattle Seahawks and bring him to safety? Where should we take him on the Underground Railroad? I'm the Harriet Tubman of modern-day sports media. I'm trying to take care of Michael Bennett and make sure he's saved from slavery. Man, what city should we take him to next? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. You know what? I woke up this morning, decided to sit down on the radio, make a living talking about sports sports and dumb athletes, and you know what? Now it's about forty-five minutes into the show. I'm basically the equivalent of a slave. I'm Dred Scott, baby. Uh, here is Michael Bennett, the dumbest player maybe in the world of sports, who's treated as if he's a savant, as if he's a genius, comparing himself to nineteenth-century slave Dred Scott, which I believe is the dumbest player analogy in sports history. Right now, over a thousand of you have voted. You can vote yourself at Clay Travis on Twitter. 86% of you agree with me. Here is Michael Bennett talking about his decision not to stand for the National Anthem and how Jerry Jones and other owners who would like players to stand for the National Anthem are basically the equivalent of uh, slave masters and how players are effectively slaves.
5: For what, did you plan to continue sitting for the Anthem? I plan to sitting down in general. So, um, like I said, I continue to do what I've been doing and uh, the, consequences of, the consequences, I guess, of Teams don't want guys to play. I think, I mean, even when you think about what Jerry Jones said, I think it's, it's crazy. And I just think it's, I think it's inconsiderate of, of a person being a human being. I think, um, to me, like I was telling Greg the other day, I just thought it was like, the, remind me of the Dred Scott case you know, you're, you're a property, so you don't have the ability to be a person first, and I think that in this generation, I think that sends the wrong message to young kids and young people all across the world that your employer doesn't see you as a human being. they see you as a piece of property, and if that's the case, then then I don't get it. I just don't get why you don't see him as a human being. They don't see us as, a, as human beings first.
4: Your employer doesn't care about your humanity. Your employer cares about you making money for him or her. That's the entire purpose of capitalism sending the wrong message. And what's crazy is Michael Bennett references there that he's been making this Dred Scott analogy for a while. He's been making this analogy. That's so dumb. He's had time to think about it and study it. Richard in Jacksonville. He called back in. What's up, Richard. I'm,
6: I'm just, I just think of all the people driving into work to their soul crushing jobs. <laughs> who have to, who have to make horrible compromises on a daily basis. They go against their basic humanity Like this it's just i mean i'm sure in your position you've been around uh people in sports or music or privileged people who sometimes haven't had a, a reality check and they talk amongst each other i've i've I'm, i don't know if i'd say blessed but i've been around some famous people and if there's nobody there to check them they do start saying ridiculous things to each other but yeah. then when they share it with the public when they share it with us that's when it's like oh my goodness i, I like i can't believe you went that far and last i just want to say The Kaepernick thing with the Castro shirt was just about as stupid, especially considering the position uh, Kaepernick had sought out, you know, in in terms of personal freedom. And then to have that shirt, it reminds me why every day I'm proud of the fact that I raised my son to enjoy sports, but to not take anybody too seriously. I don't rely on sports people for my social enlightenment, per se. (laughs)
4: No, that's, that is a great point. Yeah, Kaepernick is one of the dumbest moves ever to wear that. Thank you for the call. Uh, to wear the uh, the Castro shirt when you're supposedly standing up for your rights is one of the dumbest things that an athlete could do. I mean, most athletes are not that smart. Let's be honest. And so the idea that we should look to them to be our intellectual thought leaders. I mean, you just heard Michael Bennett compare himself to Dred Scott. It's a great example about how probably in the locker room, this is a conversation guys have. Oh, we're just like slaves. Like, Really? Do you know what the people who pay your salary every day, the fans of the Seattle Seahawks and other NFL teams, actually have to do at their jobs? They're a lot tougher than yours, which pays you $15.45 million. Now, somehow uh, people are enraged at me over this opinion. Who should I go to first who's enraged at me, Jason Martin?
7: Let's go to Ed in Atlanta.
4: Ed in Atlanta, you're furious with me. Hello? Yeah, what's up, Ed?
8: Man, I'm listening to you this morning. You guys on this radio station. I would. I'm a veteran, mm-hmm.
9: okay, and
8: and 15 years veteran, okay. Mm-hmm. I got out after 15 years because
9: I was just tired of it, you know. And it doesn't make me a a dumb veteran because I got out in in those years. You don't understand,
8: Ed.
4: What would have Long happened up. if you had not stood for the national anthem when you were a uh, when you were serving in the military? What if you'd taken a knee?
9: Well. About something that I volunteered for for this country, and, and you guys—I understand, like, you guys and I appreciate your knee. service. Oh, but what no, I'm no, asking no, you is, on, when on, you were you in your about, uniform,
4: you if you had taken a knee, what would happen? Yeah. You'd have lost your job. Oh, you gotta, You'd been court-martialed.
9: This is, this is what you guys are doing. This is exactly what you're doing with Michael Bennett. You are skewing. You're skewing the reason why he took a knee in the first place.
4: No, you I'm asking. He's comparing it. himself to a slave do you think that michael bennett's a slave Do you think he's similar a reason to a slave why he's
9: making that comparison it has shocked it has shocked you into a talk show this morning to talk about that and if that's what it takes to get your attention say hey the squeaky wheel gets the grease right if that's what it takes to get your attention that's how he feels that's his opinion and in this country we have a right to our opinion we have a right we have freedom. so you think to, it's a smart this opinion right
4: by michael bennett
9: you think it's a smart opinion do I think, have? Have you ever been stopped by the police? Have you yes. ever Have you ever been thrown on the ground? What does that have to do Never. with Michael Bennett I being Dred Scott? Hold on, we'll hang. Wait. We'll
4: hang with. Uh, we'll hang with Ed in Atlanta. He's angry. He's fired up. He's furious. We got to go hard out here. He thinks Michael Bennett's a genius here for his analogy because I'm talking about it. We'll talk more with Ed in Atlanta when we're up next here on Outkick. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick. The coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m.
2: Pacific.
4: I am working this morning. For money that makes me a modern-day slave, according to Michael Bennett. Uh, Michael Bennett yesterday, appearing in front of the Seattle media, compared himself to 19th century slave Dred Scott because his employer, which allows him, by the way, to sit for the national anthem, some employers out there are requiring or suggesting or hoping that their employees will stand for the national anthem. And I have got a poll question up. Is this analogy comparing Michael Bennett, who makes $15.45 million according to the salary cap this year, and just bought a four point three five million million second home in Hawaii, some slave plantation there for Michael Bennett. Is this the dumbest analogy by anyone in sports that we have ever heard? And right now, nearly 2,000 of you have voted early this morning saying yes, of you believe that this is the dumbest analogy you have ever heard a sports figure make. Well, Ed disagrees. Ed is in Atlanta. Ed, what's up? So you agree with Michael Bennett here. You think, oh, yeah, you know what? He reminds me of slavery.
9: Well, listen, Uh, you you have to really take a look at this for what it's worth. Okay, he's making a comparison because of how he feels and and why it, should it, i let me gotta, ask you this you hold gotta, on a
4: sec why should i care why how he, he feels
9: you don't because you're a white man oh you don't okay i don't care how, he feels. I don't care how I, it's because
4: i so i i don't know why the cage bird sings because i'm a white guy
9: you have no idea what it's like to be a black man in america and you will never know do you, do you, you, you think never know
4: you know what ed you have no idea what it's like to be a white man in america and you will never know either. yes
9: i do it's called privileged oh how, that's what it's called. oh it's called i i'm privileged, privileged.
4: I'm privileged, huh? You what are, do I get that? You, what do me, I get that you don't you get, something. Ed? What privilege let, do let me I, I get?
9: You something. Let me yeah, show, show you Yeah, show me. Something. A mm-hmm. white guy walks up, and you, you can look at this up on the internet if you want to. Okay. A white guy walks out with an AR-15 strapped to his back. Cops, cops walk up and say, "Hey, guy, what are you doing?" Blah blah blah. They have a conversation. He goes on about his way. A black guy walks down the street with AR-15, and he's on the ground, and there's several police cars around him. I'll tell you really? what I saw.
4: Do you remember the police? You remember the police protest in Dallas where the guys got shot? I saw a bunch of black guys walking around with guns there because they have open carry laws in uh, in the state of Texas, and I didn't see anybody doing anything to them.
9: Well, I tell you what, just just have your makeup people make you up like a. Well, you, were you want me to get
4: blackface? Black so you're oh, giving you're me saying? an okay. A lot of people would say it's insensitive for me to cover my face no, and pretend I'm to be a black person, we're, we're but gonna, you're saying we do
9: an experiment. Oh, you're giving me we a pass. Do an okay.
4: So that's a good idea. I'll saying, i will just blackface myself. Yeah.
9: You know, you're, you're going to argue this until your your lips are blue and gray. But here's the deal: you will never know what it's like to be a black man so, in America.
4: So you think? You, do you think? So you think basically today, Michael Bennett, who makes fifteen point three five million dollars and just bought a four million dollar plantation home uh, in in Hawaii, I mean, he's basically the same thing as Dred Scott. The analogy that he made.
9: I'll, I'll, I'll answer that. this Black way, man can't never never not
4: it. be a slave in your mind. Black men are can, always going to be can slaves. I, can,
9: I, can I buy your freedom?
4: Can you buy my freedom? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. How much are you going to pay? Wait, wait a minute.
9: Wait a minute. No, I know you didn't stutter. Not the way the, the words are rolling off your tongue. Can I buy your freedom?
4: Uh, how much are you going to pay? I'll sell anything.
9: See, see, you'll say anything, too. No, I'm no. no I'm serious. That.
4: It's capitalism. But it's
9: okay. It's okay. Make your point. Make your point. But our point is what it is. We, we, we. That makes no sense. African Americans dominate the sports, uh, uh, at least football and basketball, in America, and, uh-huh. and we have now have a platform that we can speak out against social injustice, and we're using that platform, and it's making you guys feel very uncomfortable. So you and think
4: Michael Bennett? You think Michael Bennett comparing himself to a slave is making America a better place?
9: I think if that's how he feels being in that locker room, you don't know what it's like to work for Jerry Jones. You have no idea what it's like to be behind you know those what? doors. And he's telling you, I would sign dude, up in a heartbeat
4: man. to work for Jerry Jones if he paid me $15 million to do anything.
9: Listen, let me tell you something. I would pay you $15 million in on the second day because I'm 15 years military. On the second day, you'd be ready to hang yourself. You, well, you know, know what, what I would I'm do? Saying?
4: You know what I would do? I would quit and get Any another years, job, which is what an American can do because we have freedom.
9: I love that I love, we do have we do have freedom and that's what he's expressing can not you respect that
4: no I don't respect people who make stupid comments that's my well, job you, listen, you understand that right we
9: don't we don't want to we don't want to listen you've made you called all athletes dumb athletes this morning I heard you
4: I think you a said, lot of I them were very dumb yes dumb. I think if you took tests the average athlete is not very smart
9: I would are the white? By the way, the, the by the is, way,
4: Ed, <laughs> by the way, Ed, are the white guys also slaves? Are they what? Are the are the white guys who have to stand for the national anthem in the NFL? Are they also slaves?
9: I don't know how they feel. They probably don't feel like slaves because they're not black and they're not getting pulled over by the cops, and oh, and, okay. and they don't feel like they don't feel like Michael Bennett because they can't walk in Michael Bennett's shoes, nor mm-hmm. can you.
4: Well, Michael you, Bennett can't walk in a slave shoes either, but yet he's comparing himself
9: to one. That's how he feels. Mm-hmm. But why, he, hold on. What, feels, why, why, why,
4: why do we have this world where I have to respect how somebody feels even if what they feel makes them look like an idiot? Shouldn't I call them out and say, they like, if I said to you right they, now, they, I feel, no, no, honest question. If I said to you right now, I feel like an Asian woman, would you have to respect the fact that I was an Asian woman?
9: Because we live in America. You know, no, no, I'm asking you a go. question. Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner yeah. is a man.
4: So you agree? And we you have didn't. to
9: respect his position. We I have, have to, to respect the to fact that Caitlyn Jenner is a man.
4: That. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to hang up you're, on you because I, I, I disagree. I disagree. I don't think you have to respect stupid opinions. In fact, I think you have an obligation if you're in the media to call out stupid opinions and be like, you know what? You're wrong. That's idiocy. Michael Bennett comparing himself to a slave is idiocy whether he's a white guy, a black guy, Hispanic guy, or like me, whether he's an Asian woman. I feel like an Asian woman today. You have to respect the fact that I feel like an Asian woman today, even though I'm a white guy. I feel like an Asian woman. I know what it feels like to be an Asian woman. We got any more angry people, Jason Martin? Who should oh, yeah, we, we, we go to? One in, so let's go to Will in Cincinnati. Will in Cincinnati.
9: Will, what's up? How you doing this morning, Clay? I see you're a very insensitive man because you throw oh. slave and all that stuff around like it's nothing. So, I didn't do it, yeah, actually. I, you throw know, the slave around. Michael Bennett, Bennett did. I kind of I, I agree with you on Bennett that that was not a very smart thing to say. But being fourth-generation military and watching my grandfather go into military in World War II and the story he told me how they gave water to Nazis and how my father wanted to be a dentist but got drafted for your crappy Vietnam War. Because my war. Family has I, you're right. My crappy yeah, Vietnam yeah. War. I was
4: like, you know, what we got to do right. So I'm when, I got, we got to fight this flag. Vietnam Let me War.
9: Tell you about your flag. Let my me just flag. Tell yeah. Tell you about your flag. Mm-hmm. And yes. I fought for that flag too in Desert Storm. And my my son just got home from Afghanistan, and now he's in college at Xavier, but he yep. got out because he didn't want to fight for Trump. So you know, you just you just need to really slow your role. Why do you I need really to slow do? my role? Because you throw you you because you throw words around that offend people. What words my have I said father, that offend you? That's why I, I am I am real bitter with this country because of the way they treated my grandfather and my father. Because I was I was with them. Uh-huh. So what
4: what I have I said that's offended you? Uh, what have I said that's the way offended
9: just you just throw slave and how slave? I didn't after throw slave. I actually, I actually it's, it's, it's I actually offensive. am ridiculing somebody offensive. who just threw slave out there. It's mm-hmm. very offensive. Bennett, Bennett, Bennett feels a certain way, and the way he's doing it is not the right, best way to do it. I will agree with you on that. It's so you actually called way. in to agree to with to, me? No, not to agree with you, to disagree with you, and, to, and then and to, to let you know that you're a very insensitive man to black people like me that's 48 that watched their fathers be forced to live a certain way. Why I, is I it insensitive?
4: Why is it insensitive to point out that comparing yourself to a slave in 2017 when you're making 15 million dollars is the height of absurdity?
9: You you put the you the dollar value up there that's another thing i don't care what these brothers making as far as i'm concerned y'all owe them that money but what you did to their forefathers like what you did to my what father. did i do
4: to their forefathers that, i
9: feel well you forced my fathers to live a certain way my grandfather and my i father. did I'm i 48. did yeah you did your I sh- father, you're
4: right i shouldn't have been a slave master father, i apologize back father, in 19- 1979 father, when i was born
9: father. So now y'all like dude said, y'all don't want to talk about this. So hold on. Want how, far back,
4: how far back, how far back can we field. go though? How far back can we go? Cuz pretty much we, everybody. Hold on. Everybody hits everybody, everybody, his, everybody, histori- oh, everybody has historically. Hold Everybody historically.
9: Everybody historically
4: has been a slave at some point in time. If you go back long enough mm. in history, everybody who's listening to us right here. now, their We're forefathers have been here. slaves. So should I be should I be mad at the Romans?
9: I, I, I'm not worried about the slaves that I didn't Should know. Should we go I'm to war with Italy because the Romans enslaved many people and back in the day? My grandfather went through. That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. What? The organized slavery America, just like you, like five years ago, they had they caught a busload of kids down there in Oklahoma talking about killing black people and Jews. Yeah, uh-huh. it still exists, bro. Those people yeah. were 22, Michael Bennett's age.
2: So yeah, don't so. That. Yeah, so in Cincinnati well, what, should what should I do?
9: What should I do to apologize
4: park. for? What should I do to apologize for slavery? I shouldn't have been a slave owner. That was wrong of me. What should I do to make it up to you?
9: Well, you, your father shouldn't have been a slave owner.
4: Okay, my dad he shouldn't have been a slave y'all, y'all owner y'all, y'all y'all either. My so my dad shouldn't have been a slave owner either. So what should my dad do to apologize to going you? Going
9: to go away. This is not going to go away. None of it. And and then the way y'all treated Ali because my grandfather he I shouldn't have treated Muhammad Ali so bad either.
4: I should, you're yeah, right. I treated right. Muhammad that's Ali right. badly. Y'all
9: destroyed that brother. Y'all destroyed, destroyed that brother. That was me. Was right. I was out there. I was like, his,
4: "Hey Ali, you pla- suck." Even though you know when I wasn't you, born, but I was. You can't
9: use a platform I, like that back then. Y'all oh destroyed him. yeah. Just
4: yeah, like I destroyed. Trying
9: to do this, brother. Yeah, yeah y'all trying to do that him. to that brother. Like you're Right? Bennett, I don't agree with him about a four point three million dollar house because when he leaves the NFL, he probably doesn't get work again. That's the problem with this. You know what I'm saying? He probably doesn't. So I hope he manages his money right. I feel sorry for the brother. Because he better make sure that money lasts you the rest of his life because he has made, he has he has taken on the United States. And that's not a good thing. My grandfather taught me that.
4: All right, you what should do I do? Stay in what should life? I do? Should huh? I give you reparations?
9: Yeah, I oh, owe my father. You're on right. You owe what my grandfather, I give to him? My father and his family. Okay, what should I give him? The family that was strong enough that to, to become criminals and stay working. But all, all right, so I, I'm trying to solve up. America's all racial issues here. I'm asking you, what, what kind of what kind of
4: reparations do you want from happens. me? Just what if I give family. you a? F- hey, huh? what kind of reparations can I give you? I got Titans season tickets. What if I give you a ticket to a Titans game?
9: I don't. I don't like the Titans. I'm a Cowboy man. I I, I respect what Jerry Jones is doing. Y'all right on. Some things shouldn't be done in the workplace. I, I I I like. I'm a, I, my half. My family retires in Dallas. Wait, so, so you're you know pro Jerry Jones? Yeah, I'm a Cowboy fan. Yeah. I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I am. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. That's
5: so if how, that's i get
9: you know. If I, can I heal America's racial injustice? All right, hold on. And you're the offensive person
4: here. I'm trying to be sensitive. I'm trying to give you reparations. If I mm-hmm. get you two Cowboys tickets, does that help to cure America's racial injustice?
9: No, no. The only thing you can help me do is carry me back in time and let me have a regular childhood and let my father have the career that he wanted to be a dentist. That's, what, that's the only, And my grandfather, I, to still have I, a gas I don't think the white that, that I can let model. your dad be a
4: dentist and get in the Back of the Future machine.
9: <laughs> that's the only thing, because I've moved past that. That's one thing my father taught us, not mm-hmm. to be bitter towards the white man because they don't know much. They think they're smart, but they're not. And, and, and to go on with your life and just do the best that you can. That's what mm-hmm. we were taught in my family, and not be a criminal. Which I hear you sit out there and talk about. Y'all all know how young black men supposed to be. What do you think I of Tony Romo? Like or nobody? How do you think Tony Romo's huh? doing calling games? Oh, Tony Romo's awesome. I, yeah. I stood up for Tony Romo all the way until Zach Prescott got there. Is Tony <laughs> you Romo your favorite saying? white no. guy?
4: Who's your favorite white guy?
9: No, my favorite white guy would probably be Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I really like Clint Eastwood too. <laughs> All right, thanks.
6: Clint Eastwood
4: Thanks for the call Number All one in right? on the white power rankings, Clint Eastwood He's pretty Republican, isn't he? I think Clint Eastwood's a big Republican He's such a good actor Alright, I'm trying to bring the races together I was trying to give reparations to Dallas Cowboy tickets I thought maybe I was going to bring the races together it didn't sound like it worked Who else we got? Jason Martin
2: I think we've gotten past the
4: disagreeable stuff We have uh, Steve in Iowa Who is a veteran who would like to rebut What Ed in Atlanta said you got a lot of veterans calling in. Appreciate all the service out there. Steve in Iowa. Steve, I mean, I'm just trying to make the world a better place. I tried to give Dallas Cowboy tickets. to Slave reparations didn't work.
1: Yeah, I noticed that. It's going to be difficult. I mean, this is all on you, right? I wish you wouldn't have owned slaves at your plantation. It was a really bad move by me. In
4: retrospect, I I was on the wrong side of history when I decided to become a a plantation owner.
1: I know. And you know what? I'm I'm really disappointed in the fact that you're not letting people be dentists either. Maybe we can score that away sometime down the road. And I'm so pro-teeth, uh, too. It it's really disappointing. Asinine. I asinine. I agree. And I find it completely asinine. Ed in Atlanta, you want to call in and go completely off subject. Nothing you said, nothing in your rant was on the basis of an ignorant comment by someone comparing himself to a slave. A man who had to work un, with, <laughs> not even by his own will. He was forced to do so. Michael Bennett is not forced to do so. He is paid. He can leave anytime he wants. Secondly, Ed in Atlanta, you wore a uniform. If you were to ever kneel for that flag, you know what happens? It's called court martial. You know what happens? Punishable by death, Ed. And you know that. As a matter of fact, I know it too. So let's just get off of our him hawk, our little sorrow wagon, whatever you want to call. It. Oh, and then Ed, by the way, the whole uh, let's let's go full retard. Ed, you can't ever go full retard. Okay. You can't ask him to paint his face black and walk around and try and be a black man. Okay. Ed, Ed was willing that's, to that's give kind of me black. a
4: pass. I thought that would be a little bit controversial. Ed, Ed wanted me to go blackface. I, you know, I think that would yeah, be a little bit I, controversial, but he was going to give me a pass. So it's not racist. If Ed said it wasn't racist. So, uh, maybe that's, maybe that's the way I need to do to know how wide the cage bird sings. Thanks for the call. Who else should we go to? That was uh Steve in Iowa. Who else should we go Phil, to, Jason Martin? Phil in Miami. Phil in Miami. What's up, Phil?
8: Hey, good morning. How are you?
4: I'm living the dream, Phil.
8: Listen, I, I'm, I'm on you. I, I almost lost it because I'm saying you're an intelligent person, and you can't sometimes give a platform when people are not making sense. The problem with everything that's taking place is that you have to be objective and move your feelings out of the way.
4: Amen. That's my, uh, before you go any further, Phil, that's my biggest argument, right? That if you want to make, the country wants to make rational decisions. This is my biggest argument in life right now, in sports, otherwise. You have to take your emotion out of the equation and look at things logically in order to get to a better place. You can't feel your way to a better place. And so many people right now, are trying to feel their way, and that's the wrong thing. But I appreciate keep keep going with your analogy. But I think that's a really well, good one you started with.
8: Because uh, and one thing I do agree with you about Ka- Kaepernick, and I, let me explain. But I agree with you because as he was getting ready to torture down and stand for Colin Kaepernick, and then when someone said he wore a shirt for Castro, that's a contradiction. Regardless of of, of uh, the, you can't say that you're against oppression, and then and and the reason why you kneel, which. I, I called in to say, first of all, I've been in the military, I've been teaching for twenty years. When my students stand up and they even uh, I don't put the hand on the chest, I say something and for all of us who watch Glory when when I don't know if it was actually Denzel was the one, but one of the guys who was carrying the flag got killed, immediately someone grabbed it and put it up because they was willing to fight to get what they wanted and we in I agree with you, my thing is we're in a totally different situation. And the thing about it that I'm assessing about Colin Kaepernick is that, and I'm going to tell you what I disagree with you on that, is that he had opportunity to get a platform because they invited you and you didn't go. Now, maybe that was advisory. Um, but the thing about it is I'm looking for a, a platform because even as I went to school in Oklahoma, and I, I'm, I'm so, I was sort of militant, and, and being told that there was a sign that says, inward, don't let the sun go down on you. I remember one, of the, uh, one black professor said, I ran track, and I used to run to get in shape through town. They said, you, you wouldn't be scared. And I probably was a little naive or dumb or whatever. But this is the thing I'm going to say, and even now as a pastor, when I research, and, and black people are supposed to be the number one thing is spiritual-minded. I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm going to leave it at that because I'm waiting for a platform. Blacks have to apologize to white America. Now, there's a legitimate reason. But let me say why I disagree with you on calling care, because I agree with everything else. You can't, go to, you can't work for someone and do what you want to do, and if you don't agree, you leave. You can't go to a job. And, and, and anyone that's been in the military, especially if you volunteer and, say, and make these uh, uh, ridiculous statements, because I remember volunteering. I was back uh, uh, at Homestead when we were going um, first to Saudi, and when I volunteered to go from my base, as I thought about it, it petrified me that the 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 man in me unconsciously made me do that because we were standing for something because we haven't come down and set at the table uh, and come to a resolution. But there's a legitimate reason biblically why we have the people went through that and we won't be honest enough. So it's almost like when you go to the table to make an argument and then you say, "Oh, Colin Kaepernick wore a Castro shirt," and now you're done. and you can't say anything. Now, the only thing I would say to that is this. If Colin Kaepernick hadn't done what he done to sit here and not say that he's better than ninety six other quarterbacks that that I don't want you to get your emotions in the way I, I understand not hiring him right now because of the situation he's in but if he wasn't in that situation to not say that well I know he's better than uh he can't be there's no doubt like, I appreciate the call there's no I
4: appreciate the call Phil there's no doubt that Colin Kaepernick would be employed if he had not taken a knee. I don't think he'd be a starter I think he'd be a backup, but he's bad for business. And he's not good enough for an NFL team to decide that his talent outweighs his problems. His taking a knee is a business problem. Now, every other player who's taken a knee, they're still employed. So that's the truth. Should we get one more call in? Let's get one more call in. Who should we go to?
2: Uh, Let's go to Nick out in Washington State quickly.
4: Nick out in Washington State. Nick, you're in Washington State. I'm asking the question, why is everybody afraid to challenge Michael Bennett in person out there when he's comparing himself to Dred Scott and saying that he's a slave, uh, basically? Uh, What's going on in the state of Washington?
6: You know, a lot of these people that we have in our media on 710 and 950 KGR, they're from the East Coast, you know. And not only that, with the social media backlash and the whole Richard Sherman thing with Jim Moore, it all weighs back. Um, you know, they are
4: afraid the to challenge an athlete, and, even if the athlete says something dumb. Basically,
6: you know, but the misconception about Washington State is that we're all liberal. And the and the point that I have to make there is: that two counties decide our electoral votes. Yeah, King County and Pierce County, Tacoma and Seattle. That's it. That's what it comes down to. That's 1.5 million votes in those two counties, the rest of the, the rest of the state actually favors Republicans. So, it's just a but
4: see, I don't even see this as a political as a political statement. I appreciate the, the the analysis there, but I don't even see it as a political statement. I see it when somebody says something really dumb that is incontrovertibly false, and there is no way that Michael Bennett has anything in common at all with a slave like Dred Scott when he's making fifteen point three million dollars a year, when he's buying a Hawaiian mansion as his second home for four point three million dollars. I must have missed the part where slaves had second homes on luxury luxury second homes on uh, on luxurious islands. you know like is he so lost his mind that he has no clue what the real world is like? I think he legitimately believes that he has something in common with Dred Scott. I think he's got a mental disconnect that's leading him to make this statement. And I just think in the media, it's the media's job to call out people who make false statements. And so Michael Bennett lied about the Las Vegas police, and I called him out, almost one of the few people in media who did. And now he's still building more pyramids of lies. And my question is, how in the world is the rest of the sports media not holding him accountable for these lies? Just think about that.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio
4: app. And John Morosi up early with us. Uh, Is there going to be a Game 6, John?
7: Yes. At this point, Clay, why not, my friend? Uh, uh, it's going to be quite a night. Uh, I think tonight with the Cubs at Wrigley Field. And Really, you can look at it any number of ways. Uh, I think you've got the defending World Series champions. They, they were able to will themselves to at least one more day of summer, if you will, at Wrigley at Field. And, and now, of course, tonight comes the big test. You've got to face Clayton Kershaw with your season on the line. Um, and, and actually playing in game one, the Cubs had some good at-bats. They scored two runs in five innings against Kershaw and got Kershaw out of the game. The Dodger Bowl has been much better than the Cubs in this series, but uh, I think you look at it, and maybe last night's win uh, was a confidence builder for the Cubs. So we will see here how, uh, how things go now uh, this evening.
4: So uh, the Yankees, Let's, uh, I will go back to the Cubs and the, the Dodgers here in a minute. Do you think the Yankees are going to close out this series against the Astros, or do you think Houston comes back?
7: Clay, I, I think Houston comes back. I, I really do. Uh, the, the way this series has gone, now the home team has won every single game. I, I just think that the Astros, there's something about that team this season where I, I'm led to believe it's their year. Now the Yankees, again, they've won three straight. Uh, their bats have come alive. You've had key hits in the last several days from Judge and Gary Sanchez. Very impressed by the Yankees' young hitters. But Houston has Justin Verlander on the mound in Game Six, and, and they have a lot of athleticism. They have been so good at home in these playoffs. The Astros a perfect four and O in home games in these playoffs. So I, I just think that the way that they have played at home, they'll get revived by by the atmosphere at home, and for a team, Clay that has never won the World Series before, I, I still have a sense that it is the Houston Astros year.
4: So if you think it's the Houston Astros year, when it comes down to Astros and let's presume Dodgers, because right now at least they're up 3-1, although anybody who watched baseball last year knows the Cubs can certainly come back from a 3-1 deficit, who would you make the favorite in the in the in in terms of winning the World Series right now? Which team do you
7: think is rolling the best? Well, Clay, here's our look at this, actually. I, I really believe this. We think we look at the, at the data and, and the odds, if you will, to determine, uh, which team is most likely to win the World Series. Remember this. In 10 of the last 11 years, the team with the least amount of rest, so the team that clinched later, has won the World Series. 10 of 11, the team with more rest loses. Wow. And, and that is a pretty powerful statistic. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because of uh, just the, the modern game and how much data that, that we have in it, and, and or the, the, the negative uh, effect of, of being sitting for a while and losing your, your, your rhythm. But when you sit, clay, it is a really massive deterrent in your ability to, to win the World Series. So again, 10 of 11 times the team with less rest has won. So, clinching later is sometimes better. So, I would say with the Dodgers being on the brink, it it may not be the worst thing uh, if if they actually have to go six or seven games to win this series.
4: Now, if the Cubs win game two, I mean, sorry, game five, to make it two wins and go back to L.A. down 3-2, does that start to raise the pressure on the Dodgers, given that the Cubs, obviously, having won the World Series, have to feel like they're playing with house money at this point for the first time since, <laughs> since a long, long time, right? right. Uh, whereas the Dodgers have a lot of pressure because they haven't been to the World Series since 1988. Does going back to L.A. put more pressure on them if it's 3-2 and they've lost two in a row, or do you think that's just kind of a figment of psychology?
7: No, it's it's a great point, and and we've seen it, Clay, and especially in October, uh, baseball becomes a very mental game, and and sometimes uh, there are self-fulfilling prophecies uh, that occur, and and uh, when when games turn, as we saw even at Yankee Stadium this past week, uh, in the eighth inning of Game Four, things can happen very very quickly, and so I I look at what the Cubs have done, and and. You point out, uh, I think very astutely, Clay, some pretty good irony here, where where the Cubs are now the team that that has the more recent success, and they're watching another team that has some historical futility to deal with. And with the Dodgers, it's not as though it's outright futility, but they haven't won the World Series since 1988. They, they haven't even been to the World Series since 1988. So there's there's a sense that the Dodgers... Uh, this is maybe their year, as we discussed earlier, where where they have to try to find a way to 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 get there and, and uh, sort of thwart those demons. But that's a very real thing. And uh, until they do it, um, the Dodgers have now won the division now for a fifth straight year, and they've lost in the LCS or the LDS now four consecutive seasons. So uh, th- they really have to overcome it. And I think for that reason, from a writ large, just narrative standpoint, It's a good thing that Clayton Kershaw's on the mound tonight, that there is a Game 5 that Kershaw has to pitch this game. Kershaw lost at Wrigley Field last year in Game 6. Different circumstance. It was the Cubs who were, I I think, the the more rested team last year from the standpoint of their bullpen. Uh, They were just the better team 1 through 25. Now the Dodgers, I believe, are the the better team. And So for the Dodgers to get back there, it, it would have been far too convenient, far too easy, Clay for it to be a four-game sweep in which Kershaw only pitched in game one and went five innings with two earned runs. This is a much better story for the game. Kershaw has to get on the mound and earn this thing tonight uh, in a place where he lost a big game last October. Uh, it's now all about number 22, uh, at, least, at least thematically, and I think that uh, th- that will play out, I believe, tonight.
4: If Kershaw wins this game and puts the Dodgers into the World Series, does the Clayton Kershaw isn't clutch in the postseason argument begin to die? Or is this like Peyton Manning back in the day or any other athlete, Jordan, before he won his first title? The can't win the big game argument follows him until he wins a title. So it doesn't even matter. It's a moving target, in other words. That was always interesting about can't win the big game is always moves to the next big game, right? Until you actually win the World Series, is there anything Clayton Kershaw can do to kind of exercise those postseason demons.
7: Yeah, it's a great, great question, Clay, and and I've always I always wondered why uh, even with with, uh, with with Peyton Manning why that why that kept following him around even after they won the Super Bowl. But at uh, at any rate, you looking at looking at this team here and 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 with his career, Kershaw has had he actually has tied, and this is a, a stat that may surprise a lot of people right now. He's actually tied for the second most quality starts of any pitcher in MLB in the postseason since 2013. Wow. So since 2013, only John Lester of the Cubs has more quality starts in the playoffs than Clayton Kershaw. So he's actually had a lot of really great outings. It's just there have been times when, uh, because in large part uh, of the Dodger bullpen not being very deep, Don Mattingly had to stick with him later in the game, and and he gave up some leads, and, and, and they lost some games. When they've been, I think, judicious about his about his workload, and and when he has had to only usually go six innings, the results actually been pretty good. So, I think he's been really unfairly branded against. Second most quality starts of any any pitcher in baseball since since the last uh, four or five postseasons is pretty powerful stuff. So, to me, Kershaw has has deserved more credit than he's reserved than he's actually received, and part of it is clay that he's had to go on short rest in four consecutive. Division series, 13 through 16, every year there he had to go on short rest in the division series, which I believe left him compromised and tired for the subsequent rounds. This year, in a departure, the Dodgers sweep the division series. There's no short rest start for Kershaw in the first round. I think he's a much fresher Clayton Kershaw now in the NLCS.
4: Last question for you. We're talking to John Morosi up early for us in Chicago as we get ready for game five between the Dodgers and the Cubs what happens to your boys in blue as Michigan goes on the road against Penn State this weekend?
7: I uh, I knew that was going to be the last question, so I'm prepared for it. Uh, it it's going to be a very tough one. I think that uh, we talked before about the, the game against Michigan State and and what a letdown that was for U of M. I I just i for months, really almost years, I've gone back to the last year's game when uh, Penn State goes to Michigan and Michigan beats them soundly. Michigan was never that much of a better team than them, even last year, uh, and, and they beat them by a wide margin. Which, which made me think, at some point in time, this is going to the universe is going to correct itself, and Penn State's going to beat Michigan rather handily whenever they face them uh, next in Happy Valley. So, I think this is a win for Penn State. Uh, this seems to be their year. Uh, they, they obviously have the best ranking of any team right now in the Big Ten. Um, so, I, I think the Nittany Lions win this one. Probably by about 10 points. I just, I have not seen enough consistently good quarterback play from Michigan uh, t- to make me believe this is going to be a close game. Although, certainly, uh, at least winning an OT last week against Indiana was, was I think, good experience for Michigan. Uh, Penn State just has a lot of talent right now. So I think uh, James Franklin and his guys, uh, they'll win, I think, by at least 10 points on Saturday.
4: Outstanding stuff as always, John Morosi. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be watching.
7: Thank you, Clay. I hope my end is. is... Very, very sober and kind of even-handed. I, I, I try to pride myself on being objective.
4: <laughs> Good stuff as always. Oh, oh.